welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the banter's as ferocious as Fred's mood on Tuesday night. 54 points, a franchise record, Steady Freddy casually making his way to the record books for the Raptors. Wow, Matt, just wow. Bet on yourself, man, because that's what he did, and that's exactly what we needed as a franchise. We needed that undrafted player to come to us, and man, did he show out. He became the uh, highest-scoring player in NBA history to go undrafted, and so that was pretty spectacular besides the franchise record. Matt, my favorite part about that stat is that he beat out Moses Malone. And I remember, like, watching a couple of my favorite YouTubers, like, did anyone know that Moses Malone went undrafted? Like, what? He was a third-round pick in the ABA draft out of high school, man. Ah. So he he did go undrafted in the NBA, (laughs) but that's because he was a draft pick of the ABA out of high school. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. You got to love those kind of steals. Dude, in the 60s? That was unheard of. Honestly, honestly, though. But Matt, I don't want to talk too much about Freddy. We'll get into his amazingness later in the game, later in this episode, because I want to talk about our predictions and how no matter what, you and I can't win when we're just trying to stop each other from getting it right, Matt, because we were both this close this week. Oh, yeah, man. You just got me right off the air. I was so mad that Montreal got hipped in that game against Calgary, that 2 nothing. Ugh. It's because they let them score two goals at the end of the of the four nothing win that should have been a four nothing win ended up four two, give them some confidence back. And Calgary came out flying in the second game. They thought they had it, and they they did. But you know, man, those Raptors they did lose, and it was an ugly loss. Yeah, that Kings game was not pretty. Thankfully, we had those Orlando games to turn around. But yeah, both of us, we just, we cursed each other to the ends of the earth last week, Matt. And, uh, honestly, I'm not upset about it. <laughs> no, not the worst thing. It could have been better. Exactly. All right. Shall we move into the NFL? Because we're back. It's happening. Super Bowl is this weekend. It's time for these quarterbacks to have an absolute game against each other. Matt, are you excited for this? Dude. Or is it just me? I'm so excited for the Super Bowl. But, you know, it almost didn't even happen with 20 players being in line to get a haircut from a barber who tested positive in the middle of cutting someone's hair. He, The backup center, Daniel Kilgores, he was in the middle of cutting his hair and the barber tested positive for COVID. They already had to do uh, Duncan Robinson, I believe. Not Duncan Robinson. Um, (laughs) Robinson, their wide receiver. He had to he had to get put on the COVID protocol list because he got the haircut before. So I mean, what a what a sketchy situation in the NFL. But it looks like everything's set to go. Patrick Mahomes didn't get the haircut, but he's looking ready for the Super Bowl anyways. And honestly, man, I think he's just gonna crush him. I don't like everyone's debating who who the game is more important to, but I'm thinking Brady needs this. No? I mean, I think you're probably right in the long run. Like, this could be the greatest 43-year-old moment. Like, if Brady can somehow defy all the odds and pass this new generational soon-to-be or potentially already is goat in Mahomes, like, it's going to take everything he can muster. It's going to take everything lucky to go his way. 
And if it does happen, oh, it'll be the greatest moment for him. But yeah, I definitely think it's more important because if Mahomes doesn't win, like how many more Super Bowls do you think he's going to? Because I think it's going to be more than a single hand's worth. Yeah, man. I think he's going to, to a lot of Super Bowls over the next few years. But the the thing about this is, is either way you slice it, I think you get a definitive goat. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't know if it's more important to one person or the other, but I really like the the idea of Tom Brady winning the game, finishing his career on a Super Bowl, beating Patrick Mahomes, the modern day GOAT, the person that everybody's looking at and says his talent is something that they've never seen in the NFL. And then Brady's like, oh yeah, watch me at 43, beat a 25 year old. That would cement him as the GOAT, cement his legacy. But then you have Patrick Mahomes on the other hand, who I mean, yes, he's got a big career in front of him, but by all measures, three years in, he's the GOAT trajectory. And beating Brady in that game, that cements it for him. So I don't know if it's more important to one or the other. I would say it's more important to Brady just only because he doesn't he's not gonna get that many more shots. The fact that we as fans are going to have the opportunity to see these two players play together. How many times in sports, Matt, do we have analysts, people, regular guys talking about the fact that this player never got to play against that player, so we never really get to see it? Like, yes, we're not getting to see prime Brady versus prime Mahomes because we don't know what either of their trajectories are at this point, but we get to see this absolute banger of a mashup, and it's most likely not going to happen again. Man. There's almost zero chance Brady gets back at 44 or 45. I know he wants to play till he's 45, but a lot of things went right for them in this playoffs to get there. Those refs against the Green Bay Packers definitely helped out. So, <laughs> I mean, he's got to take full advantage of this. I just don't know if he if he can. We'll see, man. Matt, you're making me contemplate some things. It's going to be exciting. I just hope that it's a banger Super Bowl because so many people tune in and want to see this amazing matchup. I can't wait. Dude, I know that you're going to save it for Mystic Predictions, but I'm calling it. Casey's going to win, man. Casey's going to win. I'll save the the blowout part for the predictions. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, I'll keep my prediction down because I'll think about it a little more. But you make me want to do it, Matt. You really do. Um, Anything else for NFL this week, or shall we move on? No, man. It's the Super Bowl. That's it. Classic, classic. Well, it's been a weird week for the NBA. We've had a couple of big but not big injuries. James Wiseman has a sprained wrist, so he's going to be reevaluated in 7 to 10 days. Um, Aaron Gordon, who we're going to talk about later for being an absolute D-bag, he's got an ankle sprain, so he'll be out for four to six weeks. I never wish injuries on people, but when you're trying to hurt other people, I'm not going to be upset when injuries are caused on yourself. Stanley Johnson caused that, eh, by guarding him so tight up the court. Aaron's running up and tries to break past him, and just his ankle turned so bad. It looked so painful. Yeah, yeah, it was not pretty. That is for sure. We'll get back to it, though, in Raptors chat. Myers Leonard has a, a shoulder injury, which I haven't read a ton about, but apparently he's out for the season, so Yikes. that's unfortunate for that team. And the only other thing is that Zach Collins has an ankle injury, and he's going to be out till April, but I don't think the Trailblazers are that worried. That's it for injuries, Matt. Anything on your end? 
Man, just that, that Myers Leonard injury on a Heat squad that's already struggling, man, it's going to make it worse for them. I, are they going to go from making it to the NBA Finals to missing the playoffs? Matt, are they going to be what everyone said the Raptors were going to be last season? I don't know. Time will tell. I don't know if we really need to talk about the Heat this week, but if they keep going on the trajectories they are, we will definitely be coming back to that team in the future. Yeah, no? Yeah, definitely, man. But what about COVID this week? Man, it's a positive, zero positives week. I don't know if that came out as well <laughs> as I wanted to. But uh, the new strict measures that the NBA has obviously put in place is working. There were no player positives this week. A couple of games were postponed because of inconclusive testing. So now we're at 24 total games postponed. But no player positives, no crazy bad things. It's a positive week in the NBA for COVID. Yeah, man, definitely. Doing better than the NHL. <laughs> I mean, I've heard that the NHL isn't going well, Matt. You can talk about that now, or you can talk about it at the end if you want. Well, we'll talk about it at the end. Perfect, perfect. Well, in regards to COVID, I do want to talk about how the All Star game is quote unquote happening. Um, <laughs> March. Oh, I know, right? March 7th is the planned date. There's going to be an All Star game. There's rumors that they want to do a dunk contest. I think they've already confirmed they're going to do a skills contest. Ugh. That's just how I feel, Matt. Like I, I'm with Deer and Fox on this. This is stupid. Obviously, money does make the world go round. And they're going to make it happen because they want to make they want to make money off of it. But it's crazy to think that you could potentially have all of these all-stars, superstars, talents for so many different teams in the league get together for an event and one thing goes wrong and all of a sudden the playoffs that are just a few you know weeks months later could get affected by a bunch of all-stars potentially getting covid i don't know about that matt that's kind of sketchy to me dude it's so sketchy to me to bring the best talent in your league into a small space where they all get in close contact with each other for a media event for something that's supposed to be for the fans. The fans aren't even going to get to be there. It just... Well, maybe. This is happening in Atlanta, where currently fans are allowed in the building to watch regular games. Uh, do you know... I don't know if they should be allowed in for All-Star game, though. Do you know how bad that is, though, that they're even doing it? Man, I was watching the Ravs game. You know, fan... They were showing them on the cameras at, in Orlando, and... Two fans just dancing there without their masks on. And then it cuts oh, to no. a dad. And he pulls down his mask and he points at his mouth and he pulls it back up. Because he's just, we're in the same arena. You, even oh, if man. you're breathing the air, you're putting it out there. Like, it's, yeah. oh, whatever, man. Teach their own. Let the NBA do what they want to do. Yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. I'm going to throw out some of the names because the first round of All-Star voting has come in. Uh, I have been taking part in all-star voting the past few years, but I didn't this year, Matt, out of spite of the idea that I don't like the all-star game. But here, let me list off some of these names. In the East, with our guards, we've got Beal, Irving, Harden, Jalen Brown, who's having a fantastic season, and Zach Levine has snuck in there. I think that's a pretty good collection of five of the best guards in the East. There's another guard that I think should probably get in there, but, uh, you know, uh, <coughs> Toronto Raptor. Uh, anyways, I won't make it his name. Uh, anyone you think is missing for guards in the East, Matt? Um, no, man. I think I think they've got it pretty good. Besides, you know, some guy who dropped four <laughs> points. But 
Hey, whatever. No big deal. No big deal. All right, <laughs> and he's right, just right. playing so, lights out first team all defense, but whatever. Again, um, you know, it's probably because I didn't vote. You know, it's my fault. I'll blame myself this time. But uh, move, moving into the backcourt of the East, we've got Durant, Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, and Butler. I mean, sounds pretty good to me. There, you know, a bunch of great stars. Man, it's hard to beat out those kind of players, right? Like, even if you're having a fantastic fantastic season, like, a guy like, uh, I want to say Chris Boucher just because I'm partial to him. He's, he's having almost an all-star level caliber season off the bench, but when you've got studs in the front court like that, he's not even going to get consideration. Honestly, it's, it's tough, especially when we're talking about just the top five guys at this point, right? So, moving into the West... This is actually really interesting, the guards that show up here, because Curry's leading at number one, which is, to me, interesting. Doncic is second, classic fan favorite, right? Lillard in there at third, I'm really happy about. And then it rounds out with John Morant and Donovan Mitchell. Controversial, because, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, you and I don't think Morant is having that great of a season. No, man, it's definitely a down season for him. I was very surprised to see him in that voting. But again, you know, it's it's about the fans. It's about voting in. And he did have a phenomenal rookie season. So that's still weighing in on a lot of people's minds. He, he is the, you know, the, the loved in the same way that Doncic is, you know. So it doesn't surprise me to see him there. I'm glad to see Mitchell up there because the Jazz, contrary to how I felt about them at the beginning of the season, are absolutely crushing it. And Donovan has been playing pretty good with that team, all things considered. Man, absolutely. He's been really, really good. Um, getting them to wins. They lost to the Nuggets, but then won their next game. I mean, so they're what? 12-1 and one in their last 13. They've just been chugging along, and I'm very shocked at, at what I'm seeing, but Donovan's getting a lot of love, which is well-deserved. Definitely well-deserved, for sure. Moving into the backcourt in the West... We've got James, LeBron himself, who could... Oh, front... I'm sorry, I get confused with LeBron, because sometimes he's a... Point guard. A point guard, yeah. you know, but you're right, you're right. Moving into the backcourt. Front court. Front court. God, jeez. <laughs> oh, man, I'm being you today right now. Ooh, all right. <laughs> let's let's, re- let's reset here. Okay, we got James up top, Jokic in at second, which I'm super hyped about. Guy is still having an amazing season. And then you round it out with Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and Paul George. No problems here, in my opinion. I don't know, man. I would put Zion in there. I, I've i loved what he's been doing this season. He's having a phenomenal season, even though the Pelicans aren't, and nobody's talking about him. I would put him up there. I think Christian Wood's having a really good season in Houston. Um, so those are two players that I think might might have claim to the front court over a guy like maybe Paul George. He, he's Man, have, well. you, have you have you watched the Clippers this season? Because I haven't, but I've watched highlights, and Pandemic P has apparently become a thing, and I think that Paul George is deserving of that starting spot right now. The guys you're mentioning, happily six, seven, eight, nine all-star candidates for there, but, you know, time will tell, and we'll see as the rest of the season goes on towards this crazy all-star game. Yeah, man, it's, it's a wild all-star game. Um... We'll, we'll see if they go through with it. We'll see if everybody gets gets in and gets COVID-friendly and negative tests. So uh, hopefully 
hopefully it happens, I guess, at this point, if they're going to do it. Matt, my favorite part about this entire thing is that nobody's really worried about the players that are going to get to go to this All-Star game. Everyone's worried about the players that aren't going to go to this game, that are going to have two weeks off, that are going to say, hmm, you know, maybe I will take my private jet down to Mexico, hang out on a beach for a week. You know, play is going to play when they have that opportunity, so... uh... That is I'm hoping there's some extra COVID restrictions in place during those two weeks, as unfortunate as it is for those players, you know? That's a very good point, my friend. And they definitely need to tighten up the COVID restrictions during that week about travel and leaving. I don't think people should be leaving our country anyways, but hey, I don't run it, so. I was talking to Allison yesterday, and she was like, I have friends that I see on Facebook that are posting pictures from Mexico, and I don't know how to feel about it. And I was like, yeah, exactly. You- so, uh... <laughs> want to feel like telling them to come the heck home because oh. look, we all are staying home so that we can all eventually go to Mexico. It's not so that you can enjoy Mexico right now. Jerks. You know, I've never, you know, I've never been to Mexico. So Bro, it's awesome. I guess we I'm missing out. Go. Yeah, maybe, maybe you and I will go. We'll take the girls. We'll go on an adventure when uh, all this madness is over. Marissa right? lived down there, dude. She'll That's true. She knows. She, she can knows. get us every, oh. everywhere amazing okay i'll definitely maybe i have to take you up on that okay okay let's move on from all of this negativity even though there was no positivity in tests for covid let's talk about some of these amazing games that we saw matt i want to start with that wizards net game last night because bradley beal russell westbrook absolutely stunned kevin durant (laughs) in the end of that game stunned him joe harris throwing in that ball getting blocked oh russell westbrook hitting a three to ice who? the Nets? Like, what? 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 Who would think? Oh, man, that's man. just karma against KD leaving him in OKC by himself, eh? <laughs> I, I just love that the Wizards, as much as they are a trash team right now, sorry, Bradley Beal, like, they are 2-0 against Kevin Durant now this season. They had that amazing OT win earlier. Like, I love it, Matt. I absolutely love it. Dude, 2-0 against the Nets and 3-15 and against the rest of the league. I don't know Oof. what's going on, going on, but jeez, it's weird. That's defense right there. They're on pace to be, I think, the worst defense in the history of the NBA. I don't know if you've heard that stat this week, Matt. Hey, dude, you know what, man? They might be on pace to be the worst defense in the history of the league, but when they need to, they can lock it down like they did against the Clips, man. They, yep. they won that game, so... I'm pretty sure they're also on pace to be like a top five scoring offense ever or even a top two so uh, if they have that ability to lock down, it just shows that when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to the games that matter, everything might turn around and they might be extremely deadly in the games that actually matter, you know? 100%, man. In the games that actually matter, that's when their stars are going to really turn it up. And that's they've got three guys who are averaging almost a 30 per and almost like K- KD and Kyrie almost averaging 30 while... Uh, James Harden's going for the triple double in stats this year, like it's and he's getting it. Yeah, he's gonna get the average. Like you think about the team around him, you think about what Harden does in the way that he plays. I'm sorry, ten rebounds on a team that has center struggles. Maybe not like Toronto Raptors center struggles, <laughs> but they have center struggles. Like ten rebounds are easy to get as someone like James Harden, and ten assists when you're talking about potentially the greatest, you know tall man in Kevin Durant who can shoot a bucket from anywhere and Kyrie Irving who can do insane things. And so as long as you get the pass while he's moving towards the net, you'll get the assist. Like 
he needs to get that triple-double, and he could potentially do it easily without trying, casually. And that's James Harden for you at this point. Man, absolutely. At this point, that's James Harden. He is just such a monster. Um, it's it's phenomenal. I love the way that he lost the weight, too. I, I know we talked about it, but it's just it just <laughs> makes me laugh so bad, man. Because he was, he was thick in Houston. Man, I still love the fat suit videos, the conspiracy things that I see, because I don't know how it happens. You're right, Matt. The turnaround, dude looks fantastic. He's playing fantastic. As much as the Nets have their woes, they're a playoff team, and I don't even feel like we need to worry about them. Like, they're going to be fine unless they're not, I guess. So, time will tell. We'll only know more about them once the playoffs hit, man. Because at this point, they're just, I think they're in cruise control. They know that they just have to get to the playoffs. Right? That's it. Exactly. So, as much as we can be, you know, we can criticize that team, we can say this or that against them. Steve Nash, I think, is proving himself as a coach. You know, they're having their moments, and we'll come back to them in a few months' time. Someone that I think we have to talk about now is DeMar DeRozan. You know, the Spurs had an unreal comeback against. I guess the worst team in the league in Minnesota, 32 to 18 points in the fourth quarter. DeMar putting up 38 and six. He is absolutely playing like a veteran needs to on that young team. He's a playmaker. And at the other side of 30 in a contract year, I'm really happy for DeMar DeRozan. The guy's averaging the most assists of his career. He's been absolutely phenomenal this year. And he's, upticked his three-point shooting attempts relative to the two seasons that he played in San Antonio prior, but he's still being very selective with his shots. He's not taking the three just to take a three in a game. He's allowing himself to play almost that style of Jimmy Butler playoff basketball that you mentioned, (laughs) and he's doing a heck of a job, man. When you can go for 38 and 6 on 10 of 19 and 10 of 11, like, I'll take that any day of the week. Matt, the only sad part about DeMar playing this well is that I haven't watched a single Spurs game this season. And I'll be honest about that. I'm a I'm a bad DeMar fan. Like, I love DeMar. I always have. But I haven't got to watch a ton of games, and there hasn't been a Spurs game on at night that I've been like, yeah, you know what? I'll tune into that. It's really exciting. And it's crazy considering the history of this organization and, like, the perennial playoff juggernauts that they were that we're not even you know thinking about this team who is still in the playoff race out in the west yeah they are man they're right in that eighth spot right now at 12 and 10 they're one game above or they're half game above golden state and it's shocking to see this team still in the playoff hunt with the kind of players that they have and the team that they have it goes to show you that Greg Popovich and that team have a great development system and can really get the most out of their players. It's kind of like what Toronto's building here. You know, we've got that great development system, get the most out of your players. But again, you still do need that true star. He's missing his Kawhi Leonard, oh, no. his Timmy Duncan, and we're missing our Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, it happens, but great to see them in the playoffs. Definitely. I'm going to say it real quickly. Hashtag fade for Cade and then move on. Okay. Yeah. Spurs, super happy to see DeMar playing that well. I have to check a game of the Spurs this week. That's going to be like something I've decided I must do. Matt, I do want to talk about another unreal player, Damian Lillard. 
iced the Bulls with a three-pointer this week. The man is so, so, so good beyond the arc. Doesn't matter how close it is to the half-point line. If it's beyond the arc and you need a shot, you call up Damian Lillard. Dude, I was talking to Marissa about this when they showed that game winner, about how if there is one player in the NBA who I we are down two points and I need a three, I don't care Steph Curry, I don't care Klay Thompson, I don't care Kawhi Leonard, I don't care LeBron James, I want Damian Lillard. That guy is icy cold. And it it didn't just happen with the Paul George shot. It happened before that. He's he's sent teams home before, and he's gonna send teams home in the future. That guy is a straight killer. No fear. Love it. When Dame retires, I mean, I don't know if he already has passed this stat, but he will probably have like the most game winning shots, the most buzzer beating enders. Period. Because he just He's so confident, and he's so cool and collected. I still remember that game against um, against Portland a while ago where CJ had that really calm shot against us, and I'm like, wow, that's something that Dame does all the time. And I guess having a backcourt tandem guard that can do that lets you have the confidence as well. But, man, I'm so glad that the Portland Trailblazers are in the playoff hunt and that they're fighting and that they are not disappearing as a team because Dame is too good to not get to play playoff basketball. Yeah, man. And, you know, you're talking about uh, buzzer beaters and Dame winning. He's already third on the most postseason buzzer beater <laughs> list. So, no way. Yeah, he's only one back of Michael Jordan. He's three back of LeBron, though. So, oh, yeah. That'll be a tough one. But, hey, the guy's got it. He's got ice in his veins. I'd like to say he gets uh, one every single playoffs. So, uh, if the team can just make the playoffs for the next few years, he could pass it. But also there's LeBron, who, uh, I'm sorry, the Celtics got beat by one point. The Lakers still casually cruising through. And LeBron just doing LeBron things whenever he wants. Man, we talked about it last week. A guy makes him mad, he drops 20 point th- points in the fourth quarter. It's <laughs> unbelievable to see him play at this age. He drops 20 points like it's nothing. He can run the team, give you what they need on a consistent night, night in, night out. If you need him to switch to scoring, rebounding, defense, offense, uh, passing, he's got it. He's got it in spades. Definitely my goat, man. I was about to make that joke. I was like, of course he's your goat. He can do everything that you want. He's the jack of all trades. He's doing Tom Brady things, you know, considering his age. Uh, I, I'll say it like I did last week. I used to be a LeBron James hater. I wish I could take all that back and just have appreciated the amount that he gets to play because I love LeBron James. I love his game. I love his style. And as much as it was like awful to watch Anthony Davis join him, they're such a good tandem, and I'm glad that he has a stud like him for the end of his career, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, Anthony Davis isn't even having a great season, and they're still winning because they can just chug along you know it's it's absolutely wild what what lebron's doing for them and especially uh, at this age buddy at this age yeah no he's an absolute stud now i gotta move into this booker winning shot from a pass from the general himself and chris paul who is also in his old age living his best life They shut down Dallas. 
Booker had this amazing shot. The Mavericks' struggles continue. It was the only other, in my opinion, big moment from last week. I love getting to see Booker play like this. I'm glad that he has a guard tandem backcourt member in Chris Paul. He finally is being unleashed. And the Suns, they're sitting middle of the table, but I'm happy to say that they're in the playoffs. Dude, Chris Paul, man. 34-9-9 against the Dallas Mavericks at what? 35 years of age? The guy is a freaking marvel. I mean... I feel bad for Dallas because they've got absolutely nothing going for them outside of Luka Doncic and Kristaps uh, uh, Porzingis. But dang, man, when you when you got players like uh, CP3 and Devin Booker, even DeAndre Ayton's having a decent season, man. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough to beat the Suns. I underestimated them for sure. You know, they they had that moment in the bubble, right? They had that amazing run that they went on. And it seems to me that, you know, that is kind of continuing. The presence of Chris Paul has enabled so many of these young players to play up to their potential. Like, talking about Aiton finally having a really good season. Like, people have repped on him for years, and I'm glad that he has this opportunity, and I hope the Suns continue to climb. But on the other end, Matt, talking about Dallas, talking about poor Luka right now, like, this guy needs some help. The Mavs, I don't know. I don't know if it was me cursing them by saying that they were going to be fine. That you know, missing Seth Curry was no big deal. But big deal. They are. They're missing scoring. They're missing playmaking. Josh Richardson has not been good for this team. I mean, he had a good game. They the finally night, ended but... their. Lo- well, they ended their losing streak, right? But they're missing something. This team, and it's it's hard to see Luca, who had such has had such an amazing like entrance into this league struggle as much as he is this season yeah struggle with the seventh best per in the nba right definitely a oh. struggle season for Luca. <laughs> it just goes to show you how how high of expectations people have on him and you know man people ripping on deandre ayton it's not necessarily because he was playing so poorly as a rookie and as a second year player i mean he did miss those like what like 15 50 games last year yes, yes. whatever that, yeah. that was and then it's because they passed on him when Luca is yeah. in that draft, yeah, I mean, I Luca technically like he went third. Like he got passed up by Sacramento and Phoenix. Could you imagine him with either Booker or De'Aaron Fox? Like big, big, big misses by those two teams. And uh, I, I think Atlanta did pretty well in the trade, considering you're giving up one of the most generation generationally talented players ever. But, um, yeah, they made a mistake, too. They should have kept Luka. I mean, they got a generationally talented shooter. They just didn't get a gener- generationally talented superstar. Yeah. Because man. as much as I love Trey Young, and as much as I think he's a fantastic player and he's a fantastic star, and I think the Hawks are looking really good and they're slowly figuring out their problems. And uh, I still, like I've been saying from forever ago, I still think they're one one piece away from being not contenders, but, like, you know... A playoff upset potential team in the East, like dude, he's never gonna be Luca. Dude, he's never gonna be the superstar that Luca is. It's kind of comparing Steph Curry to LeBron James, right? Like Steph oh, honestly, Curry yeah. is the greatest shooter of all time. He still needed that team around him. He still needed other players. LeBron is a one man team. Luca is a one man team, 
and that's how it goes for me, man. I'd much rather. Be I love that comparison. Thanks, I buddy. love that comparison, Matt. Honestly, like I think it, like you know, some people might look at that comparison and be like, "What? How could you compare Trey Young to Steph Curry?" Right? Like, but no. In terms of like what they are right and, now, yeah. In terms of their players, what they are right now, how they're doing, you know, their expectations, right? Like, exactly. I I love the comparison. I think it's fantastic. Thanks, man. But before we s- switch into Raptors chat, I did want to ask you one question. Now, Julius Randle, he on the score he has a twenty-seven point one per. Um, on Hollinger's NBA player stats, he's ranked forty-first in per with above twenty. He's averaging twenty-two point six points, ten point nine rebounds, six assists on four seventy-five shooting field goal percentage, three ninety-six from three, with almost a steal a game on a team-friendly nineteen million dollar a year contract. If you're the Knicks, do you try and get more assets for him? Or do you try and build around him with RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly? It's such an interesting question. It's such an interesting question, especially coming from you, who holds Julius in our fantasy league and has always been loving it. Now, I would say yes. A straight up yes, just because I look at this Knicks team... And as much as things are going great, RJ's season is, you know, it's better than it was last season. Emmanuel, quickly, I love that you mentioned it. You know, he's been playing lights out. He had that fantastic game the other night. I I remember the stat line, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But, like, Julius Randle is, he's what, 28? Um, I don't know. He's not old. He's not, is he younger? I think he's 26. Yeah, 26. Okay, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so he's 26. He is in a really interesting position I, I guess it comes down to what team could use him right like where could he really fit in like you know if the Lakers could afford him I'm sure they'd love a Julius Randle but like Considering as much him. as I that, that's why I wanted to make that joke <laughs> um, but uh, like if you could find the right team with the right things to send over you know the Knicks are in a very precarious position because they're not great they're not good, but they're not bad. Like, you know, Julius Randle's stock is at an all-time high, in my opinion. And what I've learned about stocks in the past few weeks, with all of this madness that's been going on, you sell high and you buy low. So, yeah, I guess I would sell Julius Randle. Yeah, man. I we trade. <laughs> I, I think if I was them, I would trade him as well. I think at 26 years old, he does help... Um, get them younger assets that probably fit into a better timeline with RJ Barrett, who's only 20, um, who is, I know people are down on him this year, man, and saying that he's not having a fantastic season, but he's got almost a 17 per on 18 points a game. He's averaging uh, almost seven rebounds. He's shooting it pretty well. His three point percentage isn't great, but I mean, if he can get that fixed, He's going to be a hard player to stop, man. And then you got a guy like Emmanuel Quickly, who, because everybody, you know, <laughs> didn't know who he was, they think he's having yeah. a better season and he's a more valuable asset. The guy's a year older than RJ. He's only got an 11 per and only averaging 12 points a game. Like, it's such a shock to me in terms of the way that people view players because of the season or because of the efficiency that they have in certain games. I, or the opinion that they're stuck with 
Like, I think RJ Barrett is a fantastic player, and I think he's going to develop into a stud. I'm pretty sure Kawhi Leonard spoke about it this past week, saying that the sky's the limits for him. So, again, I agree with you. I think trading Julius Randle, even though he is putting up all-star numbers, and if not high-caliber, low-end MVP conversation numbers, I would try and get something for him. I don't know what you can get, but hey, man, you might be able to get like two, three number one draft picks and then try to flip those for a player. It's all up in the air. Sky is the limit. I feel like Julius Randle has also kind of always had a bad rap in the league, you know, like when he was playing in New Orleans with Anthony Davis, like, you know, they were good, but they weren't great. So the problem comes is if you can't get enough for him. But I think that, you know, considering the state of the league, you know, looking at teams and how they're, they're, you know, they're willing to give up their entire capital to get stars, to get players, somebody's going to look at Julius Randle and be like, he's the player that tips us over the edge. And, you know, I look at, I mean, I don't want to say the Mavericks could use a player like Julius Randle, but hey, they're a piece away. The Hawks are a piece away. You know, there's a few teams that might be really interested and could bite at an opportunity like Julius Randle. So, yeah, I think sell him if you can find the right opportunity and trade him. I would 100% agree with you that that guy has a bad rap in the NBA for no good reason. No reason. He has been an absolute monster this year. Last year, he averaged 19.5 and 9.7 rebounds. And he's a good shooter. He's got effective field goal percentage, excuse me. And... He can steal the ball for a big. He doesn't defend the rim that well for a big. But for a guy who's averaged almost 18 as his per for his career on 16.5 and 9.1, like, yeah, give me that. I'll take that. Team-friendly deal for the next two years at least. He's got only an $18.9 million cap hit. That's hard to find in the NBA. Especially for a player of that caliber. No, I think we're both on the same page here. Matt, the only other thing that I want to mention before we get into Raptors chat is we did have the first players and coaches of the month that were given out. We had Quinn Snyder of the Jazz and Doc Rivers of the 76ers, obviously the two top teams of the league, being given out as the awards. And then the players in the West, we've got Nikola Jokic, bless, playing for the Nuggets as good as he is, and then Joel Embiid for the Sixers on the East. These are, of course, a combination of December and January, but I did want to touch on those before we moved into Raptors chat. Dude, both players super deserving, both coaches super deserving. Um, Again, nobody would have picked Philadelphia to be the number one team at this point. It would have probably been Boston, Milwaukee, or the Nets. Um, And Doc Rivers has that team playing like a cohesive unit, and Joel Embiid is, like you said last week, the most unstoppable force in the NBA. And Nikola Jokic is just a master from the center position oh my goodness it is he is beautiful to watch it's so clunky yet elegant i don't know how to describe him man it's phenomenal that's nuggets fans though they don't know how to describe him either and they love him but matt i just wanted to point out that isn't it crazy that in the nba that we have today in the season that we have the first two players of the months are centers yeah crazy wild in today's modern nba i think it just proves like if you're going to be a top tier center that's what matters so that's it i think we should move on to raptors chat let's get into it we got a lot to talk about 
Let's start with Freddie. That big night, 54 points. Absolute monster of a night from him. Buddy, was it a phenomenal night. Now, my Montreal Canadiens were playing, so I was flipping back and forth. I keep my eye on Freddie in the, the smaller screen of the TV. You know, you got to have the both screens going at once. And he was just getting off of screens, catching shoots, and he was hitting from five, six feet behind the arc. And his defense, his intensity, man, I'm going to say it again. He was in some kind of mood on Tuesday. You could see it in his face. I don't know if he was mad with the refs and the officiating of driving and he was tired of it. He was like, you're not going to give me calls. I'll just hit from six feet back. No worries. Man, Fred was a monster. I want to touch on the fact that Kyle Lowry did have a triple-double in that game very casually, and I think is part of the reason why Freddie was able to have the night he did. But yeah, when you're going to come out... Now, we have to note that this was versus the Magic, <laughs> who don't really play defense, and those last two for buckets. some reason... Oh, man, I, I'm going to bring him up, because like for some reason, it's the end of the game, and Freddie has just been playing lights out, and they're still leaving him open. They're still letting him do whatever he wants, and I, I still, like, I love the joke that Fred was at 50 and he just goes over to Fournier and is like, hey, man, any chance you could just let me get two buckets? Like, I'm, I'm almost at the franchise record. Like, I'd appreciate it. And Fournier plays no defense on him no in defense. those last two plays. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I was glad to see him get it, though. Um, absolutely wild for him. And if we can start running a lot more of our half-court offense on catch-and-shoot uh, screened threes for Freddie, I think it's going to open up the floor for a lot of our players. I think we've got to make him more of a focal point. I I don't disagree at all, Matt. You know, I love that DeMar reached out at the end and was just like, hey, you did it, finally. Like, old man Kyle couldn't do it, but Fred finally got it. And then I love Fred's comments. So he's like, yeah, every time I get to like 30 or 35, Damar messages me and is like, dude, come on, man. Like, you could have gone for it. You should go for it. So I'm glad that there's still that, like, family camaraderie between the raps yeah, and ex-raps, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, Damar will always be a rap in my heart. So he he's phenomenal. And I would still say that he's a better scorer than Freddie. I would say individually, if you were to give me one guy, it'd definitely be Damar over Freddie. But, hey, Freddie's a great shooter and had, had a fantastic night. I mean, you're talking about pure scoring, right? Like, yeah. this is like, I mean, this is a completely way over the top, but like, this is comparing like Durant to Clay Thompson. You know what I mean? Like, Fair. pure, pure, pure shooting, pure ability to get off the screen, get open, and take that open three. That's Fred, right? That's Clay Thompson, right? But just like individually getting your own shot, getting to the rim, you know, that mid range game that Creating. Durant has. Creation, yeah. Like, I don't want to have to bring up Freddie's dribble, 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 dribble from the playoffs last season, you know? Like, yeah. DeMar has that over him for sure. But you, you want a three-pointer? We ain't going to DeMar. That's that's a, a whole other story. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? We got the dub against Orlando. We got both dubs against Orlando. That Kings game, though, that was, that was not pretty for the first, like, three quarters. Matt, it was your fault. Remember, it was your fault. I thought we were you going to the game. You said I wasn't getting my three. <laughs> but yeah, no, there was... Darren Fox, man, he's so fast. So fast. So fast. Like, they're, they're good. They were on... I'm pretty sure they were, they've were. they won five of six. Like, they were on a winning streak when we played them. So it's like, they they had a little something going on. Yeah, man. But yeah, we had a two in one week. I'm I'm happy for the boys. You know, I can't not be happy, right? Yeah. Uh, 
two and one is better than oh and three and we've been chugging along lately man i think we're six and four in our last 10 we're steadily improving steadily growing towards that that eight seed i just don't even know if i want it anymore man it's it's such a hard position to be in before we move on from those games i do want to say aaron gordon not cool what a like jerk. the replay the replay man like i don't know what he was thinking like that is the most obvious flagrant two should have been a flagrant should two. should have been a flagrant two said. should have been a flagrant two the man full-on is realizes that kyle is not watching Turned him and head. decides i'm gonna step in plant my foot and absolutely truck lowry like dude not okay not okay at all b s man absolute b s if they showed him after his shoulder was so red from the contact that it made with Kyle's head. Like, yeah. how was that not a flagrant two? There was so much intent on the play, and it, was, it wasn't it was unnecessary contact. It was initiated contact. It was just a joke. Did you see what uh, Kyle did to him, though, while boxing out? <laughs> yeah. Gave him a little tap to the knee with that booty, though. Yeah, just because. But hey, you know what? That's an actual like, basketball uh- play. He's boxing yeah. out. Yeah, he may have gone for your knee. Who knows? We don't know what was in Kyle's head, and we don't know why you weren't protecting that knee if it's so important to you. Yeah. Jerk. They've they've got that beef, obviously. The they were showing the replays of of uh, the Last injury year. that he had. Yeah, but like, come That's on, a joke. That's man. not a. The, I, every time I watch that, I'm just like, you know, who doesn't fall very well after getting contested? Aaron Gordon, like as much as Kyle like clips him on the arm, Gordon like flails and is like, "Oh no, I'm getting fouled," and then hurts himself because of it. So, He's sorry, Gordon, get over it. Stop being a baby. Don't try to harm other people. Like, ugh. Uh, let's move on from this. I'm getting frustrated about Aaron Gordon. <laughs> we'll move on from a frustrating player to somebody who frustrated me at the beginning of the season, who is not anymore, man. Utah Watanabe. I mean, not statistically pretty, not the best, most elegant basketball player, but the guy works, and he has seized that ninth spot on our roster. He's a fixture on our rotation on the bench squad, and he's been playing very, very well. I'm very surprised. You had him. It's my, it's my boy. It's my boy, Utah, Matt. I've been telling you since he got that 10-day contract at the beginning of the season the man cares he loves playing basketball he hustles he learns and he did not get the opportunities until he joined toronto and he looks at nurse he looks at the system and he goes if i put in my effort if i learn if i'm willing i'm gonna get the time and i'm so glad that he has had that opportunity the man is shooting 48 percent from three now 12 of 25 on the season (laughs) not a lot of shots obviously but I have, of course, I can't go too crazy. Like, I'm going to say 48%, right? Like, I got to do it. But he has consistently been positive in these past two weeks or so. And I'm looking at this steady climb that the Raptors are going on, and I'm going to attribute it to things like Utah being a beast, putting in that hustle. And, like, I, I look at Matt Thomas. I look at Malachi Flynn. I look at Terrence Davis. I look at all the other rotation pieces. And I say, hey, look at Utah. All of you are better scorers. All of you are, are more likely better playmakers, but you are nowhere near his hustle. You are nowhere near his dedication. And that's why you're not getting the minutes when he is. 
And that's why I'm happy. And that's why I love that I get to talk about Utah right now. My boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I knew you'd like that. Uh, you know who else are, uh, got paid and who's our boy? Bobby Webster, man. That's a good, good contract. I am excited to have him as our GM for the next foreseeable future. Man, you know, he was the youngest NBA executive ever to be put into a GM role when he did just that few years ago. And now we've been perennial playoffs team and we got a ring. Like, A-plus work team. I'm so glad that Bobby's getting an extension. He's going to be around because, uh, you know, with Masai and his situation, you know, us looking at knowing that Masai wants bigger and better things. Like, I hope Masai signs. I hope he stays. But I know we got Bobby as our backup plan, and he's a pretty good backup plan. He's a great backup plan right now, man. At least, in my opinion, he is. That is for sure. All right, so now looking ahead, Matt. We got the Nets on Friday, Hawks on Saturday, Grizzlies on Monday, Wizards on Wednesday. It's a very interesting week, you know. The Nets is always a toss-up because it's three and one. Can we can we outscore them? Three and one's bold, my dude. I was gonna say two and two only because I know the Grizz are on a hot streak. The Hawks are seemingly on the rise. Hopefully, we'll beat the Wizards because we're not the Nets. And then the Nets is a toss-up. So I like three and one. That's a good prediction. I think the Nets are gonna sleep on us. Um, and they're not going to play that hard, so we might get the dub there. I think that we beat the Hawks. I think that we actually lose to the Grizz and then beat the Wiz. So no, I, like I think that's the about. most. Li- I think that's the most likely week, Matt. What you've got there. Um, I'm hoping that I get to watch some of these games. Thankfully, I won't be working on Saturday, perfect, uh, or Monday night actually. So I get to watch two games this week. Amazing. Hey. Well, then, we'll go from the Raptors' Mystic predictions to the actual Mystic predictions, if you're good. Okay. All right, Matt, you said KC was going to win. Blowout by 20. That's the prediction. By 20. Okay, so I came in today, and I was thinking to myself, Tom Brady has absolutely carried me to my current 3-0 Playoff record for the NFL. I'm going to do it, Matt. I'm, I'm just going to do it. You know, I can't give up on him. I want to see it. It'll be the greatest moment for the men's, and then he can retire and go live with his wife. I was going to say that Mahomes was going to win and Brady was going to get the first touchdown, and that was going to uh, be my nice way, but no. Brady's going to win the game. I'm calling it now. It's happening. He's getting that seventh ring, bro. Cementing it as the GOAT. Okay, man. Oh, I like the boldness of the prediction. Uh, I hope I don't see it, I gotta it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you don't, man. Okay, only the thing I'm going to ask you because I was just I thought this would be fun. What do you think is going to happen at the beginning of the game with the coin flip? Are we getting helmets or are we getting Lombardi? Lombardis. I like it. I like it. Beautiful. All right, Matt. Anything else you got this week? No, nah, man. That's, that's it. You can wrap us up. Beautiful. Well, thank you, everybody, for being here. Check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.